Come on, KG. This is no different than that. This is me. All right? I'm not a fucking athlete. This is my fucking way. The problem, your lackluster defense, or is it the problems you're having offensively? Lackluster offense. Um, the problem is we're down two games to one. Should we be getting back on defense? <laughs> oh, my God. De defense. Is that your cousin, Demar? Would you like people to know about you? I'm a fun guy. Uh, obviously, I love the game of basketball. <laughs> Welcome to the Presser Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Presser Basketball Podcast. It's your boy, AG. What's going on, guys? Matthew, what is popping? Another week. Another set of news to talk about. Not really, but uh, we're going to break it down what we can. There's uh, a bit of interesting news developing in one of these cities, which we'll talk about, because we're going to do today top five intriguing storylines, players, or just things going into the playoffs, so it could be inside or outside of the the game, right? But just as long as it relates to the NBA. And let's kick it off with uh, number five. And what's your fifth biggest storyline heading into this uh post all-star break i love this time of year man it's almost playoff time so storylines are i thought you say valentine's day that passed like a week ago okay shut up <laughs> um but for me for number five i want to go with ben simmons and uh the reason why i go with ben simmons is because matthew we haven't seen this guy played in almost a year okay uh he is now a Brooklyn Nets, so he has a fresh start to kind of um, rejuvenate his career. Uh, I mean, career average 15, 8, and 7. This guy's a three-time All-NBA player. This guy can get it done, Matthew. But the question is, is he still that elite player? He hasn't played in, in, in about a year, right? Um, I'm not sure if you heard it last night, but Danny Green was on a podcast saying, I bet you know he wouldn't play on March 10th first Philadelphia because he's not built like that. You know what I mean? Ben Simmons hears all of this information. Is is he going to take the next step to be that great player and then hopefully um, win the championship for the Nets? All right, so let's go off that. Do you have any other new Nets news on your top five or is that your only Nets uh, take? Yeah, so that's my only Nets take. I guess you can go with Kyrie. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to incorporate the rest. So if we're doing Ben Simmons, let's do Philadelphia. So, or let's sure. do Brooklyn. Sure. Uh, questions for you. Who is your closing five against the Philadelphia 76ers? If I'm the Nets? If you're the Nets, yeah. You got to have put Ben on there. Okay, so Ben, where does he start? You put him like at four. Okay, so okay, uh, let's just do let's do five of them. Let's pick your your start your 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 closing five, and then we can do positions after. But who's your closing five against a Joel Embiid team, for example? Ah, uh, okay. So KD, Kyrie, um, Ben Simmons. So those are your obvious three. Now, who do you fill the rest of the spots with on Ooh, the starting gosh. team? Uh, you can't put Seth Curry. You don't think you... I mean, the, the, to me, that's an obvious answer, but also a sizing uh, nightmare. Issue. issue. But yeah. who else do you have that's a better show? I mean, Steph, uh, Seth Curry is, is like a top five leading all-time three-point percentage guy. So you need him. With a Ben Simmons on your team, you need him. And then to balance out Seth Curry, I think you get Andre Drummond. 
to, to finish off mm, most games, yeah. especially against an Embiid, let's say, series in Philadelphia or even a Milwaukee series. So I just wanted to ask you because I wanted to know overall what your impressions are of the, the remaining games for Brooklyn and how they're going to finish because that's important because beyond that, is Patty Mills maybe going to replace Seth when he's hot? Possibly. I don't know about Joe Harris if he's going to come back. But these are interesting questions because the rotation is now a very big question mark and definitely an intriguing part of saving for you to talk about it. So, yeah. I mean, Matthew, I think you hit on the head. They're eighth in the E's right now. They were, what, number one maybe about a month and a half ago, right? Obviously, the thing is, it's only seven games outside of being number thing. one. So it's not the, the the gap between one to 11 in the East is crazy, which I'll talk about. But yeah, it's insane. They can make a run easily, especially with Kyrie potentially coming back for Listen, every game. But you don't, but you, you don't want to play with the Miami Heat or Chicago Bulls in the first round. Like That's going to be a But Ains, you don't want to play with anyone. Do you want to play with well, Cleveland? Not really. They're, I mean, they're, not, they're falling off a little bit, but yes. I mean... Yes. But. Are they falling off or are they just coming back down to reality, really, realistically, mm, with the rest of the East finally catching up? I mean, they're young guys. Yeah. Like, two years from now, maybe they could be a number one seed. I, I I would not be shocked at all, right? With, Gar- with Garland and Allen. Anyway, I digress. Good pick for number five. Let me yeah. jump into my notes and see what I got for number five. Oh, perfect. So, Ains, you just talked about Kyrie. We just talked about Kyrie. You talked about Ben Simmons. Um, I'm sure you probably get to James Harden, but those are the big storylines that ended. What's the largest off-court storyline that you can think of off off the rip? Off-court, the largest off-court storyline. Emphasis on large. I don't know what 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 is it? Oh my gosh, the the Zion saga off the court. Uh, Off the court, okay. JJ Redick, CJ McCollum, Mm. uh, the organization, uh, Mm. uh, everyone basically pointing the finger and blame. I don't know if CJ really blaming, but especially JJ Redick, a Duke alumni, nonetheless. That was my fourth um, thing there. That's funny. Perfect. All right. So we'll talk about it. Perfect. All right. (laughs) So I'll do my my fifth and then I'll jump into my fourth if this is covering your fourth point. So Zion Williamson, not on the court, not been on the court since last year, has played rough or has played three more games than Greg Oden in his first three seasons. I'm sure you might have seen that floating up in the in, in the in Twitter or in the news. Twitter world, right? Yeah, Twitter world. There we go. So three games more than Greg Oden is a little bit, uh, not a little bit. It's a lot of red flags, especially when he's not greeting teammates such as CJ McCollum, who see, who uh, Damian still has in his like profile picture of them together, right? Except now McCollum is in a Pelicans jersey, which is kind of cool, <laughs> I guess. Uh, bromance, a real bromance there. But Zion sure. Williamson skipping out on all the. The greetings and hellos. What do you think, Gaines? It's interesting just because there's nothing else to talk about outside of this and maybe the Lakers. So, well, I mean, for Zion, this does not look good for Zion, man. Uh, you know, CJ McCollum is not no scrub. He's a professional scorer. Can average about 20 points plus. And as JJ Redick said, like you can at least call him and say hello. Is that's that's humane, right, Matthew? Um, I think another thing is from JJ Redick, what he said in the first take the other day is that. Him playing aside, besides Zion, he, that's just that's his personality. And as a leader, as an organization that wants to you know pay Zion, those are red flags. Those are red flags. And my question for number four was, are the Pelicans going to make a playoff push? Right? CJ McCollum in five games has scored thirty plus um, points in three, to, three three out of five games. Right? So this guy is a twenty. He's averaging twenty eight six and five. He's not no scrub. So. I don't understand why Zion hasn't even called CJ or anything. So it's, I think it's ridiculous. 
I think the Pelicans do have a shot, to be honest, with uh, LA fading. I don't know what their circumstances are. I personally like what um, what the Pelicans are doing, and honestly, they're 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 kind of at the bottom of differential right now in terms of. Uh, both opponent and their scoring, right? The the synergy on that. So they're kind of at the bottom right now. But with CJ McCollum, like you said, arriving, maybe it will awaken a new gear. Uh, I, I, it's very weak, right? At the bottom of the West compared to the East, it's drastically it's, different. It's not good, yeah. um, you have teams like the Spurs who are basically just relying on Dejounte Murray averaging a triple double, and then you have the Lakers who are falling apart brick by brick. Um, we don't even know who's going to finish the season for the Lakers realistically. So <laughs> good shot for them to, to at least make the play in playoffs. No, not right now anyway. Uh, like playoffs, we're thinking top six, right? They're definitely not a top six. We'll say top six. Yep. But uh, yeah, like uh, definitely not top six. But a ten nine. I could see it for sure. I mean, yep. CJ McCollum is a good player, and if they're just going to outscore guys, which is basically their strategy right now, I dig it. But Ains, this my key point before we t- uh, move on is uh, this: why don't give teams the keys or the keys to a twenty-year-old player, mm. the the, t- the keys to an organization, unless he's you know Luca and Trey Young a little bit different. It it depends, and even with Trey Young, there's struggles, which I'll talk, which I'll get to, but. Uh, Luca himself has kind of been a little bit of diva-ish, and there's been issues with that. It's there's definitely been no smooth sailing, twenty-year-old uh, superstar running an organization up to Dude, this point. They're kids, Matthew. To be fair, like they're just rich kids that are good at basketball. When you think about it, yeah, right. Luca's arrogance—you see it all the time, man. All right, number four. Speaking of Luca's arrogance, I have written down the Mavericks rotation post All Star break. It doesn't seem to be. To me, like it's a large uh, or a playoff-bound team at this point. Minus Luca, you have guys at the front court, or sorry, in your yes, in your front court, you have Boban, who's not really going to play. You have Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell, so it's an okay organization. The thing I worry about that Kleba is not always on the court, right? Either with foul trouble or injury. Um, how old is he? He's about thirty-two. He's about thirty. Right, so I don't know how how they'll hold up Dwight Powell is about in the same range. Their front court's a little meek because right beside them they have David Bertans, right? Who they who they just got? They have Dorian Finney-Smith, which I like. Um, He's got paid. Good for him. Yes, he did. He did. And and Reggie Bullock. So far, there's no really guy that stand out. I like Dorian Finney-Smith. I like Reggie, but in the playoffs i just want to see like there needs to be a second star and i don't think right now it's jalen brunson who's the other other guy that can mention beside luca i don't think it's spencer and tim hardaway's out right so the rotation to me is very interesting without chris Tapps, who was your anchor will they have enough juice they've been the second best defense up until this point right the last uh, i think last few weeks they've been the second best defense which is shocking um and Without without their 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 Kristaps Porzingis starting in, in in the middle, without him, they've still been really good on defense. Is that their calling card? Maybe they just get four defenders outside of Luca and just hope for the best, and then swap Spencer in. What do you think, Ains? So, um, I you know I love Luca because his game kind of reminds me of LeBron a little bit, uh, and he's a great passer, great scorer. He has great weight, like he gets to the rim at ease. But the issue is with the organization with, with Dallas is that it's only one guy. And this offense with Luca as your main priori- like primary scorer, and then your four guys who are just good outside shooters can that can play that can play defense is good, but that doesn't take you over the top. Like you're able to win one series, but I don't think you will make a you know a Western Conference appearance or anything, right? So, um, and I'm a huge believer of players are really good at their role. Jalen Brunson is good at his role. I don't want him to do anything after that because that's what he's there for. 
So it's for Mark Cuban to figure out a second star for these guys. And these guys are winning at home, and but they're just not winning away. They're, what, 15 and 13? So they got to figure that out. That's a good point. So they definitely need a home court advantage, at least in the first round, if they want to keep their chances alive. And before I wrap up and we'll move on to your number three, I think they got Spencer for the security. If mm -hmm. anything happens with Jalen Brunson with the contract negotiations this summer, but also they've been really uh, successful with Luka, Luka basically playing a Steph Curry-esque role right. where he yeah. kind of uh, picks and sets up for himself occasionally with Jalen Brunson. So maybe that's why they brought Spencer. They want another ball creator so Luka has a break. Maybe so he doesn't gas for the fourth quarter. That's been a problem for guys like James Harden, right, who just have the ball the whole game. Uh, it's, it'd be nice to have Spencer maybe take a little bit of pressure off, and maybe that's what they're thinking, right? As, as much rest as we can give Luka is there the best chance we got in the fourth sure. quarter. Sure. So uh, let's move on to number three. Hit me. Number three, well, my favorite team... In the NBA, Matthew, you should know who this team is. Hit me. Is it the Charlotte Hornets? Oh, man. okay. Listen, Matthew should vouch for you guys that I've been a Charlotte fan since the Bobcats. Could you vouch for Matthew, please? Yeah, since you're Gerald Wallace. Thank you. Uh, love posters. Gerald Henderson. Gerald Henderson, yeah. <laughs> um, but my question for them is will they make the play in? Matthew, their last 10, they are 1 and 9. Okay, I repeat, they're one and nine of their Hasn't last. Hasn't Gordon Hayward been out for a while? Yes, and that's exactly why they're one and nine because they can't close out the games, right? And if you can't close out the games, you can't do anything about it. And you need to have a veteran superstar to be there. Gordon, uh, I think the ball, I think ball creation or ball movement, I think is a big factor to why also they're a little bit stagnant on offense. You have guys like Terry who's taking over, right? But Terry isn't much of a facilitator. I like what Lamelo Ball is doing, but Gord, the same thing that Boston was basically missing a Gordon type guy. I mean, Derek White's actually doing amazing for them, so good for for them finding him, but. Before that, you remember, right? They had a uh, Gordon Hayward uh, small forward starting position filled by uh, Jalen Brown now, and that ball movement kind of ceased to exist in Boston. I think that's a big part to why Charlotte might be suffering. Also, the fact they never got a big is kind of surprising to me. So, and Montrezl Harrell, like, is, is he like your defensive anchor, or how does how does that work? Well, you, you said they got him for energy, right? But I don't know how much energy you're going to need when you're down, you know, 20 in the fourth quarter occasionally in these go. games. And there you go. There you have it right there. Do you have him in the play-in? Because I can kind of rebound off that and put in my uh, number three, which is the Eastern Conference play-in. I think it's a big question going into the rest of the uh, the remaining games, specifically two teams. You've touched upon Charlotte. I'll talk about the other one, Atlanta Hawks. What's their trajectory? Because they're basically in the middle, right? Their differential is about zero. They're not really outscoring or, or or defending at a clip i mean they're they are outscoring teams but they're letting the other teams score just as much basically is what's happening right their offense is so potent but guys are just slacking off because they're not getting the touches right uh i think it's was it jeff van gundy one i think one of the van gundy's talked about how the ball has energy right and if you don't keep the ball moving and you don't get other guys engaged the energy of that ball deflates Right, and if it's just Trey Young, he's getting up 30 shots, right? But the other guys aren't defending for him, which they should be because they're not touching the ball. Energy's not there. Energy is not there. And I love that analogy, Matthew, because me as an LA Fitness Hooper, even if that person's not that good as you, man, let them touch the ball. Let them, you know, be engaged. Because what happens is they feel they got the, they got the ball. They want to play defense. Energy's up. Everyone's engaged. And with Trey Young just always dribbling around the corner, um, it's. John Collins and your Capellas are, and your Herders and all that are, are not engaged with the offense, right? So this is a mediocre team. Uh, like home, they're 17 and 13. Road on the road, they're 11 and 18. 
this this team has just been middle of the pack. Who do you have better? Which chan- What team do you have a better chance of making the play in or the playoffs? I'm gonna go with the Charlotte Hornets on this one. I'm gonna go with Atlanta because of the bias. experience. That's that's fair. At least you admit to buy it. I have just Atlanta because we've seen them turn it up, and I think for them it's more of a motivational thing than it is an actual basketball uh, fit. Right with with Charlotte, they just have no fit for, or they have no defensive fit. They have no defensive anchor. They have no defensive presence on the front court. So it's tough, right? When Gordon Hayward's one of your best defenders. I mean, even Bridges, right? But Bridges is taking more of an offensive uh, role, right? Yep. So he can't dedicate all his time on just being a defensive, you know, ten and eight guy. That's not him, right? And at this point, he's like a twenty and ten guy. So he just can't be that anchor like Matthias, uh, like Matisse Thybul is, right? Because he has a much bigger responsibility, and he can be like a Kawhi esque guy. But they need someone besides that, right? To 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 either stop the point of attack or to anchor up the defense. So uh, I have Atlanta beating them out because they have a defensive anchor. And they have perimeter defenders, right? With Bogdan, you can he can play Herder are both decent uh, defenders, so I can see them, you know, turning it up. It just depends if Char- if Trey wants to give up the ball, in my opinion. So there it is. we'll see. Um, let's move it on to your number two. Number two, Demar Derozan and Chicago. Will he be All NBA first team? The answer will be yes, because if he's not, he got robbed. Okay, last night. Again, 37-6-3. DeMar DeRozan has been killing in the fourth quarter. He's looking poised. He's getting a shot with ease. And Chicago will probably be a top three seed in the East. And for any first you know, round matchup, how scared would you be, Matthew? Yeah, I'm not playing around with Chicago. The, the ability to stop, the one thing is health. If you're talking about all the guards healthy, then yeah, it's definitely going to be a pressure situation for a team, especially like Atlanta, right, where they run everything through Trey. Don't, that'd well, be a nightmare matchup. Killed. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a nightmare matchup for them. If you have Caruso and Lonzo Ball chasing you around, not a fun situation, especially with uh, a guy in Vucevic who's putting up incredible numbers without without their other teammates there he's uh he's uh, he's backing up the brink strap he's backing up his value basically is what I'm trying to say his value in the contract everyone said that it was overrated when he got to Chicago and now he finally put together a few uh 20 and 10 games if not 30 and 10 okay I'm not sure I'm not sure you remember so two things I'm not sure you remember but Vucevic was an all-star he was right but he was a no impact all-star it's basically Orlando was not going anywhere with him. He was just putting up great numbers and just they were the eighth seed at like thirty four and that's fifty. Hating. That's that's called Matthew hating right there. No, it's just called that, that's Matthew the Andre hating. Drummond effect. Wow. Look at him. Look no at impact him. bigs. Where they put this up flashy to, numbers. This guy always has to involve Drummond into everything. <laughs> Anyways, um no, but I mean he's he's a good player and, and I'm not sure if you remember but back but before the uh season started and DeMar signed with Chicago, I said, who would be the closer of the fourth? And what did I say, Matthew? I said, DeMar DeRozan would be the guy to close. Pat Williams. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he's good. He's good, too, when he's healthy. But DeMar DeRozan will be the one to take over the games, and that's what he's doing right now. You know what? You're going to hate Kevin Durant being that fifth uh, forward for the All-NBA team. You're going to be so mad because we know it's Giannis, 100%. Um, Matthew, they, they can't put KD over DeMar. Now, now the question is, is it three forwards? Because if that's the case, I would do Joel, I would do Jokic, and Giannis. I don't even know if you'd make it. Matthew, DeMar has to be in the first. All, all t- I know, like, and like, you hate to see it, but, but it's true. In terms of MVP voting, which we'll get to, that's actually my number one, spoiler alert. Those three oh. are the number, <laughs> are leading 
are leading, right? The the Volkswagen by a lot, those three. So it's going to be those three, I think, if it's three forwards. Unfortunately, I don't see DeMar. Uh, he's going to be second team with Durant. That's no, what I man. know. No, he's got to be first team. This is ridiculous. Who you, okay, who are you taking out? <sighs> who are the options right now, currently? Uh, okay, let, let's let's save it. Okay, let's save it. I'll okay. get into my number we'll, two. We'll get back to that. And okay. then we'll get back to it. Yeah, it's a, it's a good... Uh, Curveball. So the curveball here is the curveball of the year. The New York Knicks on a crash course to, to, to a meteoric descent, basically, in their success. Will Thibodeau be fired? He, they're basically like the them and the Lakers. They're they're like the the soap operas of each conference, right? Because you just have this drastically different differential in terms of their starters and their bench. Their bench drastically outscoring the starters anytime they're put in guys like alec burks are just on fire alec guys burks like in the fourth quarter when uh when derrick when uh derrick rose is your best player i mean at age 32 33 it's a worrying sight julius randall puts up 20 and 10 then puts up four and 10 on four of 10 shooting right so it's it's a nightmare on the and i just love and i love to see it with their bing bong attitude and they're like going out balls to the wall after their first game it's you love to see people just crumble a little bit it's fun because it's just it's, at the end of the day it's just fandom but Ains man this fandom is in for a few rough years if they continue to build around guys like Kemba who's just sitting for the rest of the year and uh Julius Randle who let, let, let's say it again Ains he doesn't have a what <sighs> left hand you mean right he doesn't have a right oh right hand sorry that's RJ Barrett sorry all right hand um here's the thing Matthew here's the thing um before the all-star break <laughs> The Knicks blew a 23-point lead, then an 11-point lead, and then a 28-point lead. This... What's that, a com- what's that a combined? Like, a combined 90 points in the last what three games? This? Yeah. Comebacks? <laughs> Jesus. This is... this. Uh, we're just laughing through this segment at this point, because it's just a joke. But it, it goes to show, Matthew, listen, New York, the Mecca, probably NBA players heaven. They love playing in the garden. But look how crappy the organization is. Look at the Lakers, for example. You know, Crypto Arena, Lakers history. Look at the look what we're at the the ninth seed in the West right now, ninth or tenth seed in the West. So it goes to show, Matthew, like these huge organizations that were dynasties back in the day are pretty much laughingstocks now. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, that, Ains, but. but but the owner of the Jazz, uh, the owner of the Knicks, James Dolan, owns a jazz bar, or he's a, he's in a mm. jazz jazz uh, mm. uh, group or jazz band, whatever the fuck he does. But he's a band member, dude. He's cool. What are you talking about? Everyone wants to play for the Knicks and James Dolan. Uh, ask ask Charles Oakley. Mm. How the teams hey, run. Man, the thing I'm is, here. he's always down to spend, which is not a bad thing in terms of the Knicks versus the Lakers. At least he's willing to spend a little bit more because he has other businesses uh, and he's not afraid to go over the luxury tax. It's just the players that they're acquiring is. Uh, it's not working out, man. They're not Thibodeau guys, or if maybe Thibodeau's not, not a Knicks guy, right? So we're going to find out. If anything, he's going to be blamed first. He should be gone by summertime. Um, I love Knicks culture too, man. I love Knicks culture. Because like, they're bought like, in, like man. The they Knicks. buy in real real hard, real quick. I like them, man. Like Even the fans. like You have to love Knicks fans, bro. You know, you they're, they're that lover, man, that if you leave them, they will track you down and kill oh, they, you. Oh, they will kill you. They're, they're that kind of fan. They're that kind of lover. So, yeah, interesting... Uh, it's not interesting, man. It's just depressing up in the Knicks. But, we'll, but but it's interesting for us because we get to see what actually happens when a team that starts off at the fourth seed and with such high expectation crumbles so fast before our eyes. 
Let's get to your number one, Ains. What do you got? Number one, and I guess this is your number one too, but my MVP of the season. Wow. We're synced up. We're synced up, and I think we're going to see the same names. Hit me. Go first. Joel Embiid is my MVP. Um, he has been absolutely remarkable, averaging about, what, 29, 11, and 4. He has a new teammate, James Harden. He's doing step backs. He's having fun with the organization. He's happy Ben Simmons is out of his sight. He's happy with his coach. Joel Embiid is happy, and I'm happy to see that. And I feel with everything happening with Joel Embiid right now, he's going to have a remarkable playoff run and potential to reach an NBA Finals. He just has to stay healthy. I hope he stays healthy. James Harden, just, he, has, he, has, he has to average maybe just 23, 24 points per and this team can get where they need to be because I feel this team is better than the Nets. When, when you think of the, the latest MVP seasons, um, a lot of it does rely on health too. If the guy is able to stay healthy for 82 games, Giannis never had an injury concern when he went back to back. I think he missed like probably a total of like five games between those two seasons. Jokic didn't miss a single game last last year. I think he played all 82. Uh, even even records with or MVP record um, Steph Curry right going on unanimous. What was that was not one of the seasons right that he missed time with a broken hand, broken tailbone, whatever it is. He played. James Harden played. Russell Westbrook played. Does you does Embiid play? That's basically the question of the of the, uh, of the remainder of the season. To be honest, if he plays, yeah, he does with MVP Ains because also standing is a big part of it. He's top three right now. He should continue to be there, especially with James Harden uh, coming back from his hamstring. If he's healthy, there should be a top three seed, if not top two. Um, and many, Jokic, how many, yeah. How many games are left, though? Around 20 or 30. 25? If MB plays the next 8 games, or 8 out of 25 games, no, no, I'll say, we'll say 12. If he can play 12 out of 25 games, he wins the VP. Let's just say, let's, what's it, 40, 50%, 50% of the games remaining? 12. 12 out of 20, you said 25? Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm just guessing. It's around 25. It's between 20 to 30, right? So around okay. 50%, let's say, if he wins. He should be yeah. fine. Yeah. 11, 12. Uh, 11, 12 I, yeah. I, I, but I think he will play more. I think with James Harden there, I think they... Especially they have no backup big. That's the only that thing that... Mm. that, that mm. It's a, Kai, it's my, my dog. Oh. My pooch. Is that Matthew's dog? Yeah, she wants to go for a walk. We're almost okay. there. We're almost there. We're wrapping up. But um, Joel Embiid should be MVP. Jokic is close, but is close behind him just because of what he's done with uh, almost a G League roster with guys being in and out. <laughs> Will Barton, right? Uh, being there for like being a part-time player, basically, he's taking no. on the Kyrie Irving role. You have to stop disrespecting the Nuggets roster, okay? Can you stop saying G Leaguers like Monty Morris is not there? Will Barton's not there, please, and Aaron. Will, Will Barton isn't there, man. The, the poor guy's been injured almost every season. He's been there. Aaron Gordon has been decent, but regardless, I uh, Joel, Joel Embiid will win. Jokic, oh my god, not, not, now this dog is just tearing me up. Wait, wait. So, uh, and Gian, I have Giannis is my third spot. Giannis, I think, should have a good. I can't talk anymore. Ains, Ains, uh, Kaya has basically wrapped up the debate. Let's she take agrees. us home, man. Let's uh, take us home. Take us home, man. You let us know. Thank you for listening to the podcast. After Music Spotify. Thank you for tuning in. We love y'all. Comment, post, YouTube, all that jazz. Check out our last post where we did a video um, looking at the All-Star game of last week. It was sorry, but you had fun looking at it. But AG, I'm out.
until next time, guys, we'll get back to the rhythm and the, and, and the rhyme of the schedule, and we'll get back to our winners, losers, and question marks next week. Hope you guys had fun, and let us know what your predictions are for the rest of the season. Peace.